there's a need before the Lord, unspoken request, something you would just like the Holy Spirit to minister tonight to your life, a loved one, specific situation. Just let the Lord, just commit it to God tonight. Lord, the greatest thing we can have tonight is a committal. To commit it to you, Almighty God, and know that it's outside of our hands. Lord, this is our privilege and our opportunity as your wife to lay the veil over on your shoulders. To not have a mind of our own or try to dictate our future, but to say, Lord Jesus, in your presence, would you speak your will, speak your heart, speak your comfort, speak your healing, speak speak strength tonight to us, Lord. You know the body, you know the needs, you know individually. Our hearts cry exactly the way it ought to be spoken. Would you take our little assembly tonight under your heart, in your care, as you have over the years, Lord. We want to thank you tonight that you've given us a pastor that we can come to and be led of your spirit, God. Hear words, Lord. Not be divided or distracted. Not fear, Lord, while Satan would come in and try to destroy and separate. But you brought us into the fold. We thank you for that tonight. Be with many hearts. Hearts that are here. Hearts that are unburdened, Lord, for others that aren't here. Strengthen the assembly tonight. And we thank you for the musicians, song leader, those that have labored behind the scenes and the sound and the video, the streaming, the deacons, trustees, just the whole assembly, Lord, we thank you, give you glory. Now feed us food in due season. Inspire us, God. Don't let it be the thoughts of Brother John. Let it be the thoughts of God. Humble us to one another, Lord, as we pray. Anoint us for service and for fulfilling your will at this time, under this anointing, and this hour, in Jesus' name. Amen. And all the believers said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you, musicians. I I did want to share one quote tonight before we turn to Psalms. Brother Branham, in Life Story, he, um, he said, We each one have a life that God has given us, and we must live it. And to my humble opinion, if you'll get this, I think the most best life in the world no matter whether it's up or down, if we'll find God's path and walk in it, where God has ordained for us to walk, always we find victory. And I think of all the men and great men down through the ages, any man that ever amounted to anything mostly, were men and women who believed Jesus Christ. Isn't that right? The rulers who raised against Him was brought low and so forth. So God has raised you up. And I, I agree with the prophet, don't you? It's the word. I think the most life in the world, no matter whether it's up or down, if we'll find God's path and walk in it, where God has ordained for us to walk. That's where victory is. So let's turn to Psalms together. Thank you, Brother Ryan. And to each one of you, we thank the Lord for his... Uh, Workings in our lives. Amen. Psalms 23. We'll read a familiar chapter together, then go to the New Testament, if you don't mind 
uh, just standing a little bit. And we'll read together. And we'll bring you some greetings just maybe when you're seated. Psalms uh, 23, verse 1 to 6. A real wonderful chapter. I want to just uh, maybe focus on verse 2, 3, and 4. Can we just read this chapter out loud, starting with verse 1? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the days of my life. Praise his name. Is the word good? I, just verse 4 I'd like to look at before we turn. Yeah, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's pick up Paul speaking in verse 6 if we can together. Tonight we're speaking on the victory flag of maturity is waving. The victory flag of maturity is waving. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6. Speaking of, of Jesus Christ for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Verse 8 and 9 is amazing scriptures. Paul said, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. This is positive. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus, of Jesus, might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Isn't verse 11 the capsule of all of our lives? Is it not? We which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our flesh. Amen. God bless you. You can have your seats. I was thinking today of how 
the Lord has really blessed you and us to have an assembly we can come to that has been free for years and years of distress and trouble and that the Lord has watered you, fed you, and kept us safe in the fold. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that God in His great love has taken care of you just good. And we can give glory to God for that. I want to bring you greetings from the Renton Fellowship. We were there over the weekend and uh, took a couple services and, and uh, met with the, uh, many of the saints and the elders there. And uh, we'll just keep praying for them. God will continue to lead them in His perfect will. And uh, I just wanted to say personally from last Wednesday night, thanking Brother Tom and, and the trustees for their detailed financial report last Wednesday. Uh, it was very informative, and we appreciate that. Did we not? It was, thank God for that. That was very good. We want to thank you and thank all the ones that labor behind the scenes. Uh, tonight, Brother Tim Dodd is in Africa, but we're there with him. When Brother Murphy goes to China... We go with him. When Brother Tom goes to Poland, we go with him. Switzerland, Congo, there's a work God's doing. And we're thankful for that. And we want to remember Brother Biscoe. This week has been a, a tiring week for him. Brother Michael Ray and Brother Michael Dexter and those have been working with him on his testimony and on the videoing. And I believe God's going to really use that. I really do. For the, to be a witness. You know, Brother Ed, Ed means a witness. And I believe that uh, for if the Lord would give us time to tarry and keep laboring here in his vineyard, that uh, these type of weeks will be very important for the kingdom of God. Are you thankful? Tonight we want to look at this thought of the victory flag of maturity is waving. And uh, before we get into that, can I give a testimony? It will be all right to give a testimony. I was just studying today and I got a text from a pastor that we had uh, spoke uh, in his church in the last year. And uh, he wanted to bring me up to date with a need that had been in his church. And um, I, I told him I wouldn't use their names. But he just texted me and said, um, bless you, Brother John and family. I just wanted to check in with you and also give you an update on, on this young man's deliverance. This is a young man that had a lot of trouble and physically and uh, in emotionally and other needs in his life. And this last Sunday, I'm just reading his text. This young man got up on his own request and desire and sang a special with his grandma. And he said, the pastor said, I don't think there was a dry eye in the church. And the grandma wanted everyone to know that uh, this young man had autism. And that wasn't the only thing, but the medical field had labeled him with other things. They said he was mentally retarded as well as two other things that the family couldn't even pronounce. But he was, uh, God is delivering him. He said, we all want to give God the glory for his mighty works. This is a testimony that God works. In situations that are delicate and maybe some wouldn't like to talk about it. But here a young man on his own accord stands up, gives glory to God. I thank God for that. It's like a waving of the word. Not just in the written Bible, but now in lives. I, I believe it's what's happening now is the word has been coming over the years. It's now being in the hearts of the people. 
And you, you are the healing. You are the salvation. You are the keeping power. Let's go back to Psalms 23 together. And if you'd like to keep your Bible open to Psalms. And then uh, first, uh, second Corinthians that we read as I was preparing for the service and asking the Lord what he'd want to say to us tonight. Psalms 23 is a wonderful scripture. It gives us a real solid anchor that the Lord is our shepherd. We have no lack tonight. We have no want. We have no desire for other things. And David said this, I believe even 2018 we can say he's made us to lie down in green pastures. And he's led us beside still waters. As sheep drink well from still waters that run by. But verse 3 and 4 is what my heart was turned for. He restoreth my soul. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You know, we're not much in the sports arena today of, of, say, NASCAR racing or different things where they have flags. People cross the finish line and they wave flags or there's caution flags or there's slowing down flags. But uh, tonight when I was thinking of a victory flag that's been waved over us as a mature people, it's waving tonight. The word is waving a maturity flag over the bride. We've come to the climax of the ages. So tonight I want you to be thinking in your heart of this flag that's waving. We're going to get into Leviticus in just a little bit. And it is the rising of the sun. Because that's what was waved over this generation. Was a word. Was waved over the people. Saying they're going to come up to that maturity. They're going to come to that adoption. And I believe we tonight in 2018... There's still a victory flag that's waving over the people. It's waving over us tonight. No matter what we're going through, the Word is still waving victory, victory, maturity. Though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Let's go again to 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. Thank you, Lord. Maybe the Lord needs to wave some of these flags over someone's heart again tonight. Maybe it's been waving for years and some need to respond to it. Tonight's another time for you. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse eight. And this again was a scripture. It's always been very amazing as Paul, the first church age messenger, And 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8 said, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. And when you look that word up, that word troubled means we are afflicted. It means to be suffering tribulation and to be pressed like grapes. Sister Sharon Gindo is in Israel tonight. She's been in Nazareth with her church, with her school group. And in, in Nazareth, 
Uh, they have, uh, when Jesus' time, and, and even they have the wine presses where they would stand on the grapes and it would press the grapes and the juice would run down and they would make the wine. But when Paul said we are troubled on every side, that's that word in, in the Greek. It means to, we are being pressed as grapes. It's like pressure is all around the believer. Paul saying this, that we're being pressed on every side, yet we're not distressed. And part of distressed, uh, if you look at that word, it's stress. So there might be stress in your life, but it's not overcoming us. We're overcoming that. Paul said we are troubled on every side, yet we are not distressed. We're not being overcome by stress. He goes on to say we are perplexed, but not in despair. And that word perplexed means to be standing in wonder uh, without a lot of resources and to be left wanting sometimes. This is Paul saying we are perplexed. It actually means to be embarrassed and, and sometimes not even to know which way to turn. This was Paul saying this. But I'm thankful in those times of weakness We can commit that to God. And even in our weakness, God will reveal His will if you'll just yield to Him. Even Paul said, we are perplexed, but not in despair. That means we are not utterly at a a loss. We're not at a loss tonight. We're not utterly destitute. It, it, It means to renounce all hope. It means for the believer that we might be perplexed, but, but we haven't renounced our hope. Our hope is in the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm reading these verses, maybe for a sheet that might be in these conditions. To let you know that Paul also, in verse 9, said, We are persecuted, but not forsaken. That means we're persecuted. We're being followed after. The enemy is following after us. But God has not forsaken us. It means literally that it means that he's, he's trying to put us to flight. He's trying to drive us away. This word persecuted means we are to suffer in a hostile manner. Satan breathing down your neck as it was. Telling you're no good. You're not going to make it. You're going to die with this disease. You're going to die with this affliction. Your marriage is going to fall apart. Your family's going to pa- fall apart. That's what Paul was saying. We're we're persecuted. We're suffering in a hostile manner. I love the word, but we're not forsaken. We've not been left by God. We haven't been abandoned. We haven't been deserted. We haven't been left helpless. We're not totally abandoned. That's what that word means in the Greek. God has not totally abandoned us. Maturity means he might have left you for a little while to see how your response is going to be, but then he'll come right back around again. You are not totally abandoned. Praise God. To hear that a prophet would say that we're persecuted but not forsaken, it means that we're not just surviving. We're not just surviving. God gives us a word in this season. Gives us an anointing to to rise out of that. As the Bible says, is the anointing will break every yoke. That's individually too. Get into the Word. And just to read these things, as Paul continues to say, this will be our last part in 2 Corinthians, verse 9. We're cast down, but not destroyed. 
Cast down means we might be prostrate and lower down for a season, but the bride knows how to humble ourselves. We might be prostrated down, but that's to get us where we ought to be with the Lord, down on our knees. We're cast down, but we're not destroyed. We're not perished. We're not lost. We've not been put out of the way. You're not ruined. You're not useless. You're not killed. You're not miserable. Thank you, Jesus. Say, but I am miserable. No, Paul said we might be cast down, but we're not destroyed. Two weeks ago, we spoke a message on a maturity has called and the bride has answered. I was just meditating and pondering on that thought, on that inspiration. And I thought of the maturity of the word in Christ, how it has come through the ages, even our local ministry. Now I'm going to come down real personal now, come down to how the Lord's been working in our own assembly. Is there some that still need to answer that call of maturity? We can be sharing the word and in the services, but is there some that still need to answer that call of maturity? That word maturity means come to an adulthood, come to the prime of manifesting what you're hearing. I would ask that question even tonight. Are there some even among us in our church, in our families that need to answer that call? Just answer the call of maturity. Are you living as we've heard? Are we living our age? Is there some that have not responded? Is there some of our young? Is there some of our teenagers? Is there a mother? Is there a sister? Is there a brother? Is there even an elder that's here that somehow has got uh, disappointed or sidelined? Satan trying to sideline your, your spiritual attitude. We'll get into it in a moment. It's the right mental attitude toward the Word of God that will bring it to pass. We've heard challenging messages. Can I get real personal? I mean, we don't want to zone out right away. We've heard real challenging messages. We've heard provoking and moving communication. We hear from the heartbeat of God's Word constantly. We have the privilege, service in, service out. We hear the message in our own language. That's the heartbeat of God. It's God communicating His thoughts to us. I would say we've been influenced by an eternal atmosphere. Just the atmosphere is eternal around us tonight. The very chemicals of of the Word has power in it to change our bodies. There's power in in you as a believer tonight to create a world and go live on it. But it's only the time and season that God's putting you under through trials and through affliction that is bringing you to manifestation. So good to see Sister Robinson here tonight and Brother Musician that's been on crutches and we've seen that Brother Musician and Sister Robinson. And others that are here that we prayed for before the service. This atmosphere of the Word, God has spoken to us. I'm speaking on the victory flag of maturity has been waved over us. 
Would you agree with that? You that are sick, constantly, service after service, the atmosphere is to believe. If you're not saved, constantly, the net is thrown out. We were streaming Sunday morning in Seattle. Then I streamed it later when I got back home, the full service. Every service is an opportunity. It's like a fresh opportunity to give your heart to Christ. To be baptized with the Holy Ghost. To say, Lord, I'm going to be locked in. It's between me and you. This is eternal life. It's like every service is a waving, waving. Do you agree? I would say we've been touched by angels. We've been touched by angels with a divine summons. They've been summons by God to give you and I summonses from God from on high. They're ministering spirits. I've been touched by angels. Plural. That, not just the seventh angel, not just the mighty angel, but God sends ministering spirits. All of us, from the youngest to the oldest, can say, I've been touched by angels. God's presence has surrounded us so many times. It's like He's waving us back to that tree of life. Waving us into believing. Waving us to see who we are in Christ. The question I would have is, have we responded, have we responded 100%? With an understanding that there's three kinds of believers, but we're not dealing just with uh, the unbelievers or make believers, we're dealing with believers. God moving, waving a flag of maturity over us over all these years. That I believe when we get into heaven and look back, we're going to thank God for these challenging times. Provoking times, moving times. Because all of us are, are prone to get slack. All of us are prone to get sluggish and, and laid back as it was. But God waves a flag of maturity over us saying, come a little higher. And I want to say again, as we said two weeks ago, I, I've been real thankful and appreciative to grow with you. And many of you have been really uh, just admiring to see your growth in the word and your and your just how you've come up to be the real men and women of God. We thank God for that. We've come to a mature time, a time of age now, a time of experience. And after the seals, Brother Branham spoke about this and show us the father. He said the word Jesus said is a seed that a sower sowed. And any germatized seed in the right kind of soil will produce its kind. And now I realize he said that this is being taped. And these tapes, we have a tape ministry all all over the world. And many people take, he said, just here tonight. This is June the 6th, 1963. Just here tonight where maybe a thousand people are listening. Before this tape stops. There'll be ten times ten thousands hear it around the world. And I go on record and I say this about the word of God being a seed. If you can take the right mental attitude towards any divine promise of God, he'll bring it to pass. We believe that tonight. God's sowing his seed into us. You're maturing. You're growing. We brought our families here. 
Many of you have moved from all over the world. Some of you have been raised locally. But we thank God that His Word is not going to return to Him void. We can't be hearing sermons like this and then produce something different. Jump in here with us tonight. We can't be hearing such a deep word and live a halfway life. We can't live a maturing message and come out lukewarm and and somehow miss it. No, no. God has another thought. He's sowing the word and here we are. He's waved it over the people. And he said, I go on record that the word of God being a seed. If you now let's take this tonight on a Wednesday night. If you can take the right mental attitude towards any divine promise of God, He'll bring it to pass. So it's not us trying to work it out in our minds. You don't need to make straight A's or be a genius. It's God's bringing His Word to pass. He sowed it in your ground. If you can get yourself in position to believe that that promise was to you. Now can we do that tonight? Can God bring our hearts to a place that we can say, it's all for you. It's all for you. God's orchestrated everything for you. He sends His Word. Then He sends His presence. Then He sends gifts. As I move along to Jehovah Jireh, just listen to Brother Branham expressing this. It is only the love of our Father that loves us so much that He sends His Word. He sends His ministers to preach the Word. Then He sends gifts into the church with His arms spread out, trying to get you to believe it. Last Wednesday night wasn't streamed. Last Wednesday night, you say, was a business meeting. I wrote it in my notes as a blessings meeting. Amen! You're rich to have a home church. We'll probably see some photos from Brother Mark Ojo and Brother Tim Dodge trip, but there's, there's people in Africa, they don't have a building like we have. Just the building itself is a blessing. To have a church school is a double, triple blessing. To have camps, to have Sunday school, just to have a Wednesday night service. We are blessed. We ought to scream out, thank you, Jesus. I can sit under the Word, the branches of the tree of life. Why? Because angels have, have, have led us to this place. Gifts of God, anointed. He said with His arms spread out. This is Papa God. Papa God. My God. Your God. He's greater than all the gods of Laodicea. Tonight, why don't you have a personal meeting with Jesus? Right here in this meeting, just say, Jesus, touch my heart. Yea, though I go through a valley of the shadow of death, I have no fear. God is with me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Going to get into some things in just a little bit, but we thank the Lord for His undying love, His mercy. Now, this is what we were coming to in Jehovah Jireh. He sends his gifts into the church with his arms spread out, trying to get you to believe it. Just listen close. He wants to heal you tonight a thousand times more than you want to be healed. Do we believe that? He 
wants to heal you tonight a thousand times more than you want to be healed. So let's just take it. In our souls, He wants to heal us. His Word is focused. He's zoned in. We're about our Father's business. You might not have felt like coming tonight, but you're right where you need to be. Even though streaming, God's opened up a channel and a way for the congregation to bless people in Belgium or across to Africa, around the world. We're a family. It's true, as Brother Tom said, we, when we travel, they, they, they know your names. They see where you sit. It's not just the minister. They see you. It's a body. They see the waving of the word. And then when the camera comes to the congregation, it's not a bunch of short-haired women and lipstick and, and just people looking around bored. There's a people that are energetically, they're mature, they, they respond. They see that because it's God healing the soul. Then he moves out through the spirit into the body in all levels tonight, no matter what your need is. He wants to give it to you more than you desire. But you're afraid, he said. You go by how you feel and, and, and because you've regarded that, you've lived by your feelings. Your whole life has been wrapped in that. But you must get away from that. Talking about our feelings. People being wrapped up in their feelings. He said we've got to get away from that and act on God's word. Not what you feel. Not what you see. But what God said, act on that. Act means to apply it. Praise God. On Sunday night in, in Renton, we spoke on another time of healing has come. And we spoke on that word, another, meaning you've had others, but this is now. Another means there's been others, but this is another one. And you've had healings, or you've had meetings, or you've had times of deliverance, or maturity means one step after another. You've taken a step, but now's another. So another time of healing, another time of deliverance, another power needs to move, another move of God. You say, you can't just build a castle, or, or like the Catholic Church, they build around a certain event and they just die there. There's another time. This, there's another hour. This is another season. Do you all agree with that? There was the first pool, but there was a need for another. There was a second pool, but there was a need for another. Then they moved into the opening of the Word, which is the third pool. But now is the applying of that Word. Now there's a people on the earth that it's been waved over them. The mature season is now. Even the time it was being spoken in, they weren't really catching it. But it was recorded. It was put on a tape. It was a little on a video. It was put on, on a book form now for us. I thank God for that. But now is another time and another season. When the third pool is operating and, and believers are not just hearing the token, they're applying the token. Not just hearing great messages and traveling across the country to follow a man. But now it's digging down. Having roots. Stay with us tonight. Having families. Having marriages. It's a mature word that's waved over the people. So now there's a mature people that's being manifested. He said an end time sign. Christ was born. 
The Redeemer one could stand between the living and the dead and bridge the way through and he brought the resurrection. Why? It was the word of God. He spoke the word and the word was a seed and it matured in its season. Every seed of God correctly placed will mature. These are things to write down. These are things to really listen and hear again. Every seed of God correctly placed will mature. So now if you're not getting the result of the word, go back again. Ask the Lord to give you the right attitude toward the word. Because many times that's what Satan is trying to bombard our minds. Make it a nervous age. As he did one congregation, I was mentioning it in Seattle, but the Bradham said there's 95% of this congregation is afflicted by that. A nervous, nervous spirit. And that was in the 60s. How much more today? Satan's trying to get our minds, get our spirits. And that's why the right mental attitude, it's not just our minds here. It's surrendering to the mind of Christ. God help us, Lord. Pull it down into our own life. It's waved over us. Pull it now into the germ of your soul. We believe the word when it says, He spoke the word, and the word was a seed, and it matured in the season. Every seed of God correctly placed will mature. That's why we need, and and just listen to this now, we're going to need this the rest of the service. We need a strong word. We need it rightly placed. Stay with us now so no one misunderstands. That's why Peter said in 1 Peter 5, 6, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. So that brings a word over us to take away that selfish age that we live in. That nobody cares and nobody knows. When you know as a believer, God knows everything. Our whole lives are naked before Him. Casting all of our care, our anxiety, our stress upon Him. Because it does not control us. We overcome it. Even Ecclesiastes said, I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. Ecclesiastes 3.11 He hath made everything beautiful in His time. Do you love that verse? It, it, It screams from the heavens. He hath made everything beautiful in His time. So you have a privilege of saying, Lord, in this time, at this season of my life, reveal your will. Make it beautiful, Lord. It's not asking God, as it's been said, to bless your will, bless your life, your decisions. It's His will be done. It's His decisions. We're going to go to Leviticus 23 in just a moment. Just a moment. This was coming through my heart to remind you that we're living under a Joshua and Caleb anointing. Even tonight, globally, we are operating under a word anointing. 
It was unleashed under a prophet's office for this hour. William Branham being the channel, but that anointing was unleashed through an end time message under a prophet that was waved over the people saying that there's others out in the field that are going to be anointed under the same reign. The former and the latter reign together and the bride's going to come up to maturity. So that's why you had the Moses and the coming out. Then you had the Joshua and Caleb group going in too. Are we all together? So each one, each person today is anointed by a spirit. And the bride lives under the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. The Word is our absolute. Just take out your sword and sharpen it tonight. The Word is your absolute. It's true. She lives in His presence. She reflects His presence. She has His heart on the matter. She has His nature about it. She already has a sense about the direction that it's going. Because she has the Holy Ghost. She's the bride. So now any personal revelation. I'm staying close to my notes because it's Wednesday night and we want to just stay focused. Any personal revelation that comes to the individual will not be different from the revelation to the body. It's not just a private revelation. You have yours. You have yours. That person has theirs. That group has theirs. No. Any personal revelation to the individual is not going to oppose what God's doing in other parts of the body. Do we agree with that? This is the bride. He's the head of the body. There shouldn't be schism and division over the Word of God. It's what God's Word says. It's not our opinions and all throwing together. But now it's the mind of Christ. It's revelation coming to the believers. This would help all of us in our families, in our marriages, in our schools, in every situation to know that the mind of Christ flows through the body. We're speaking on maturity. We're all coming to this at different times, different junctions, different seasons. We're all coming to the same place of perfection. Then we're going in a rapture. So he is our head and we are the body. Let's go to Leviticus 23 together. We're speaking tonight on the victory flag. So we're not defeated. This is more than doctrine. This is more than saying, well, my church believes this. This is the word of God. Satan would love to infiltrate into this modern age and teach you how it ought to be. And you can so intellectualize everything out to where there's no power, no life. And I believe the real nature of a believer shuns that. Do we agree? Don't you just get sick of this world? Who else gets sick of it? There's all the vileness and even the leaders of the world condone it. Can I make a few more comments before we go to Leviticus? We've not been called to slacken up. I know it's Wednesday night, but we haven't been called to slacken up. Our desire is not to see how easy of a life we can live and get by without conflict. That's not 
what is pulsating through our veins tonight. Just try to get an easy life and how we can live and get by without conflict. That's not the believer's call. Paul in our opening scripture was telling us otherwise. Is that true? There's persecution. There's trouble. There's distress. There's times when you're cast down. So it's not being, it's not being brought into some just do less lifestyle. I know I'm going against the grain of everything you heard today at school maybe or at work. They're just, take it easy. Take it easy. But we're not drawing back now and just circling the wagons in some defensive mode. The bride has a, an anointing on us to take the hill. Take that mountain. I'm going back to the Joshua and Caleb anointing that's on the believer. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now it's the Joshua and Caleb group. They have that in them. We need to raise our families like that. It's not a roll over and live life easy. We're not drawing back and we're not just circling the wagons in defense. The constant mode of the believer is to be alert. We're taking that hill. We're taking that young person. That family is ours. We're not going to let Satan come in as Peter warned the church. He's, he walks about like a roaring lion trying to devour the weak ones. There has to be uh, the herd or the group say that's not going to happen. That doesn't happen amongst believers where we just say everyone to themselves even though we know it's a personal revelation and, a, and we have our individual life without those things are true. But when we see one of our own in distress, there ought to be a camaraderie and a unity to cast off that thing. Do we agree? Cast off that evil one. Thank you, Brother Daniel. Cast it off. We spoke at the BCA Family Assembly last Wednesday, excuse me for di digressing, but I was just speaking to the, the students and the parents. Satan is after the weak ones. He's after the younger ones. He's after the injured ones. As I was just seeing some clips from Africa of lions and how they herd around antelope or herd around buffalo or zebras. They always try to go for the weak ones. Those that are injured, those that are halting, those that can't run along, they'll, they'll get a whole pack of lions and they'll start moving the herd. They want to get it in panic. They want to get everyone in panic and nervous. That's just like the devil. Because then the weak things begin to show up. Then the person that has their hamstring hurt by a lack of prayer. A lack of the word in their personal life. You can have strong ministry and have aged, experienced lions leading the, the tribe as it was. But Satan's after those that are injured. Ones that get away from the group. That's what he's going for. Those that are just newly born, new believers, new to the faith. He'll go after them. I, I saw a mother, a buffalo mother giving birth. Right while she was standing. And right, right, right while she was just walking and she's giving birth to a little calf. And even before the whole birthing is over, you can still see the, the lining and everything hanging from her. She's moving around and nuzzling and nurturing the little one. You've got to get up. You can't stay laying down. 
Because there's lions. They're watching, wanting to devour that younger one. It was amazing because, and I saw it as the little ones would try to keep up with even little elephants. And the mother's just always there, whether it be hippos or lions or other creatures trying to take the little ones. Satan is trying to destroy your children, our young people. And there ought to be a camaraderie when those lions jump up onto the back of of one and they come and try to grab the legs and then they try to get them over on their side and they try to get the vital parts. Those parts that are usually covered when you're strong and upright. But now if he can get you laid over. And when we see those trained lions, they, they, they'll grab a hold of the, of the mouth of whatever animal it is to cut off the oxygen. And they'll go for their throats. They'll go for their spine. They'll literally jump on and, and start biting at their spine. That's the backbone. The mother's the backbone. And you see someone that might be haltering, failing. You just see those animals when they get over. That's why it's so critical for the believer to stay upright. Stay moving. Don't be slack concerning the promise of God. This is good exhortation tonight. It's a constant victory flag of maturity saying, keep moving, keep going along. The mother's turning right around and nuzzling, nuzzling this, this young newly to get up. Come on, learn how to walk. You say, ah, we got time. No, no, no. Because they know those lions will come around. God help us spiritually. Keep those vulnerable spots covered. And in conclusion on this, there's strength in unity. There's great strength in unity. Oh, forgive me for digressing, but I saw a great big... He was the chief buffalo, big horns. He got away from the others, though. He was all alone. And there was this packet of 11 lions. They come after him. And they're jumping on his back. They're coming at his legs. They, they find, and he's just moving his great big horns all around and slinging them and everything. But finally, they got him over. He's elderly. He's old. He's making noise as the herd runs off. Now you have this whole packet of lions. They got him over. And they're biting him and trying to devour him. And all of a sudden the herd comes right back and charges a lion. And they all scatter. And they're trying to nuzzle him. Come on, get up. You've been injured, but let's go. It was kind of amazing, Brother Tom. Then they just all turned around and ran off. And he's left there. And the lions come right back. It's just really shocking, you know. To see nature. But many of us are like that. We, you know, we'll respond sometimes and we'll just kind of let off. And Satan's right back there. And here they come right back. They're chomping on him again. He's over and he's just barely kicking. And all of a sudden the whole herd comes running back. And the males and females. You see them just. And they're all rushing. And lions are going. and And they get. And they get him. He's an elder. He's the oldest one. But he got alone. And they, they got their horns down there and they started lifting him up. Come on, he, start, he ran off with the herd. He tries to get you separated and off in a weak spot. Let's turn to Leviticus 23, verse 9. This is a scripture Brother Branham turned to and it is the rising of the sun. Leviticus 23, verse 9 to 11. 
And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel. And say unto them, When ye be come into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. And he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you. On the morrow, after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. I just put this in our notes. To those that love this message, this means something to you. And it is the rising of the sun. Brother Brenham picks this up and said, I'd like to read a little scripture for you. I'd like for you to turn. He reads this scripture that we read in Leviticus 23, verse 9 to 11. Talking about the Levitical law. God speaking to Moses. Listen. All these things are types now, and we'll stop here for a few moments to get into this type. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When you come into the land which I give unto you. Now the reason that I put it on the screen is because I knew that it was going to be a little bit of a lengthy quote, but I wanted you to just get this tonight. We're speaking on the, the victory flag of maturity is waving. That's what's been waved over us. Now, he's, he's quoting the scripture when you come in, speaking unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When you come into the land which I give unto you, Brother Branham says, Under the place, the position that I have given unto you. Now, you speak to the children of Israel. And when you get to this certain place that I promised you, I'd take you. When you get there in this land, he said, Now, speaking natural here, typing the spiritual. And shall reap the harvest thereof. You have received what I told you thereof. Then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. And he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you. On the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. Now the Sabbath was the seventh day. That was Saturday. It was to be waved on the, the day after, which was the eighth day. The Sunday, paragraph 83, if there be any holy ritual, it shall come forth on the Sabbath day, which was the seventh day of the week, which is Saturday. But did you notice in this memorial to wave it on the first day of the week? The sheaf, which was the first of your seed that was planted, when it comes up and ripened, you cut down the sheaf, take it to the priest, and let him take it and wave it before the Lord for your acceptation. That you are accepted. You have come with your sheaf. And he is to wave it before the Lord. On. Not on the Sabbath. The seventh day. But on the first day. Which we call Sunday. S-U-N-D-A-Y. Are we all together? But it's not S-U-N anymore. This is Brother Branham speaking. It's the S-O-N-D-A-Y. The Sunday. The, that corn of wheat. God's first one up from the dead is to be waved over the congregation. That we are his seed. And that's the first of the seed of those that slept waved upon the first day of the week. On Sunday he raised up. Is that true? Easter morning. Waved goodbye and ascended up on high in the presence of the people. 
Friends, this is important for us tonight. This is exactly where we're at in the message. It's already been waved over this generation. But you and I are responding to it. Notice it was the first corn of God's wheat that had been raised from the dead. God's first corn of wheat. By God's quickening power, God had quickened his life. Raised him up from the dead. And he was the first fruits of those that slept. The first fruit. He was that sheaf. That's why they had to wave that sheaf. For it was the first one that come to maturity. Well, friends, this is good for us tonight. Christ was waved over the generation. Rose up on Sunday. Cut down, but he was waved over the people. But there was a purpose for that. That's why they had to wave that sheath. What? It was the first one that come to maturity. It was waved as a memorial of thanksgiving to God. That's why we're speaking tonight on the victory. The victory flag. Because it ought to be a thanksgiving. Believing that the rest of them would come, it was a sign. So the waving is actually a sign to the congregation. Christ is here. The anointing is here. That's why the nature of the word that comes to us, if it's just take it easy, relax, that's how the congregation will become. But if you have a Joshua and Caleb anointing, remember, there was another nature in Caleb. And paragraph 90. And today, because he was the first son of God to come to a full maturity, to be in God, he was plucked up from the earth and is waved over the people. Oh, what a glorious lesson. By the quickening power, the first one, although he had been typed, and many times, as we'll see later, that he was typed. But this was really the first fruit of them that slept. He was waved over the promised seed that had promise of life. Let me just say this right now to all of us here. That's why God led you to be under an anointing of a word. Because there's a promised seed inside of you. There's an elect seed there. You can't grow under a Baptist ministry. Pentecostal anointing. That's why denominations are falling apart today. Let me take it further. Those within the ranks of the message that fail to go all the way are actually bringing death to their people. The letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. They can be sitting right in a message church and be dying. And they just can't wait to get of age and they want to scatter. And they want to leave. That's why we need that quickening power and the life of God. Not just in the meetings, but in our homes. In our fellowship. A constant waving of maturity and an encouragement. Come on, brother. Come on, sister. Don't just run off. When when they're being devoured, there's a spirit in the bride, there's an anointing to get your fallen brother. Are we together there? I felt to emphasize that because here we are, the first fruits of them that slept. He was waved over the promised seed that had promise of life. He was waved at the day of Pentecost when there came a sound from heaven like a waving, mighty, rushing wind. I just noticed that there. Like a waving, mighty, rushing wind. It was being waved over them. And they rose up to it. It was waved over the people, the Pentecostal people that was up at Pentecost waiting for the blessing to come. 
and to be waved again. Now, this is tonight for us. To be waved again, we realize in the last day, according to Luke 17.30, in the son of, in the S-O-N, day again. And the day that the S-O-N of man will be revealed or waved again over the people. Now, who is the son of man? Good question. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And of all the teaching that we have had. Going back to the beginning part of the service, all the teaching that we've had and confirmation of the word of God by the word of God and by signs, by wonders, we see today. Open our eyes, Lord Jesus, that in the book of Luke here that we've just quoted from Luke 17, chapter the 30th verse and Malachi four and the different scriptures that we are acquainted with, that that word again is waved over the people. That the dead traditions of man is dead. And the Son of God is alive again. With the baptism of the Holy Spirit right among us. And is giving us life. Don't fall asleep tonight before we go. And is giving us life. Quickening power. Quickening life. Overcoming life. Hallelujah. That's why I believe with all my heart. That the anointing that's on the bride is one of passion. It's one of ardent desire. I'm going down a pathway right now and some might even disagree, but stay with us. It ought to be passion. We ought to love this message and love what God is doing. That's not a rollover and take it easy. If we breathe that to our families, they'll die. And you that are breathing that in your families, you need a check of the Holy Spirit. There ought to be an ardent desire and passion. There ought to be a fervency. Not from behind the pulpit, but in the congregation. There ought to be very, it ought to be great among us. Hallelujah. Amen. We're feeding from the body word. We're growing. We're maturing. As we hear it being waved over us, we're grabbing that. We're eagles. We love the fresh kill. It's not just quoting quotes. That's not why we put it on the screen. It's so you can read it. No, Brother Branham said that. That's not just the minister saying that. That's the word. It was waved over us. That produces something. And Joshua and Caleb had that. uh, That anointing was already on them. They were different than the rest. Remember, they were in the minority, too. It was ten against two. So whatever the other ten got out of the message, Moses was the prophet. They had the same message. But there was something different about these brothers. There ought to be something in all of us. All of us. Remember, there was twelve tribes, and each one of them were allotted certain land. Don't worry, we're very balanced in this. Each person has their, some are quiet, some are this and that. But it ought to be in all of us. There ought to be something, a go get them tenacity. Go get them. It ought to be in all of us. Where's the next victory? What needs to be done? It ought to be in all of us. Just what needs to be done? 
We have a victory. It ought to be, where's the next victory? There's a revival. Where's the next revival? There's a move of God. Where's the next move? There's a healing. What God's going to do in this other family? If God can do it for a little boy back east somewhere, and he get up last Sunday and, and sing a song, just a little boy. They had autism. The doctor said this, that. They couldn't even read the words and understand what it was. They said he's just mentally retarded. Gets up in a testimony. Gives glory to God. When I was there, he was singing, wanting to talk. And, you know, people were embarrassed. You know, just this little child as it was. But no, it's God through the church. God showing that I'm greater than all of your weaknesses. God staring this age right in the face and saying, you've given me your best and I'm going to show in my people the word is the best. I felt to say this to you today. We don't want our ministry to get more watered down, diluted and weaker. I say, Lord, speak it stronger. And I'll just be personal. Excuse me. We ought to be saying that to Brother Tom. Preach the word, brother. Oh, you say, I wish it was more this way. Well, maybe that's your carnal feeling. Say that to Joshua and Caleb. Oh, why do you got to handle the sword this way? Why do you got to be like this? And no, friends, we're thankful for every gift of God. If it's a Brother Tim Dodd and he's a teacher, then we want him to teach as an oracle from God. He don't need to be like me or Brother Biscoll or anybody else. You be what God's called you to be. And that, that trickles right down to the little children. Then families come in the line. Headship is in the home. We're not laid back. It's not easy Christian lifestyle. That's not the bride's message. Excuse me if, I, if you disagree, but go back and ask the Lord if He wants you to be more ardent about His love and your love to Him. I just had it in my notes today. Our prayer should be more, Lord, put fire in my bones. Whoever you are, whatever your position is, it ought to be, Lord, put fire inside of me. It doesn't matter how many victories you've had and all the things in the past. That is the past. And we've all had victories. But there's been miracles so great and Decorate our walls with grace. That is true. But our prayer should be, Lord, put fire in my bones. May my feet be quick and sure to accomplish your perfect will. And let me be about my father's business. Hallelujah. Paragraph 94, as Christ was the first one to raise from all the prophets and so forth, although typed in many places, he was the first fruits of those that slept. But in the bride coming of Christ, coming out of the church, there'll have to be a sheaf waved again in the last days. Brother Brown said, oh my, waving of the sheaf. What was the sheaf? The first one that come to mature. The first one that proved it was a wheat. That proved it was a sheaf. Oh, you say that's William Branham. No, that was the word. That was the message through the office. And he, as a son of God, had to believe. Now, this is amazing. He had to believe that what was coming through his lips, he was actually preaching his own self. 
This just caught me today, Brother Tom. Here's a man anointed to actually say what he was. Hallelujah. The first one that come to maturity, the first one that proved it was a wheat, that proved it was a sheaf. And Brother Branham says, hallelujah. I'm sure you see what I'm talking about. It was waved over the people. And the first time there will come forth for the bride age, for a resurrection out of dark denominationalism, will be a message that the full maturity of the word has turned back again in its full power. Can I ask you a question tonight? Who wants to see this in the bride of Christ? About half of you. Who would love to see this operating now? Not just waved over us, but individually rising up to that place. You claiming that and saying, that's mine. Don't just be happy with it being waved and waved. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. It's Christ waved over you. You are the Word made flesh. That is your promise. If you have the right attitudes toward it, it'll come to pass. It's already been waived, friends. We're not waiting for a greater doctrine, another man to rise up. It's already been waived. We're now under thanksgiving, under the victory flag. It's already waving. Finish line. Finish line. Finish line. Finish line. It's been waved over to people. There's not another message to come. This is our ardent desire. God dropped that revelation down to our children. Down to our young people. Amen. That's a rapture anointing. That's a changing of the body revelation that many of you parents, oh, you receive that. But our children deserve to have that themselves. Waved over them with the same fervency. It's not going to come up with a casual laid back affair. They don't want that. Some of you have told me that there's little things in my glasses when I get all... Start shining on it. I'm sorry. When the change of the body happens, all these things will just fall off. Right, Sister Aho? Our backs will be straight. Our loved ones. Sister Danielle Iverson's own sister is right near the end. She said her goodbyes before coming here. We've been praying for them. They've committed her to God, the pastor already have committed her to God. Friends, we commit things to God. I'd rather be committed into the hands of God. And this message has been waved over this generation saying, there's more like that that's going to come. Help us close here. We'll be the message that the full maturity of the word is turned back again in its full power and being waved over the people by the same signs and wonders that he did back there. Last part of this quote, because I live, ye live also. Speaking to his wife. This is strong meat tonight. We need to take it. Because I live, you live also. It's not because I live, you're dead. Because I'm alive, you're just formal. No, it's a victory. It's a waving. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. They, they, they were waved into a Pentecostal blessing. But it's more than a blessing. We got the giver. Because I live, 
The wife lives also. Because I live, you live also. What a resurrection that that was. What a resurrection this is. To be quickened from the dead. To be made alive in Christ Jesus by God's quickening power. He was waved to them. The word, which he was, was waved back to them on the day of Pentecost. The word made manifest. Now, as I say, it's to be waved again in the last day. That's when it came to me. He was actually saying it. It was being waved right through his ministry. Right through his lips. The word. Christ was being waved saying, there's more that's going to come. There's more that's not even born yet. They're going to come. When you come into the land... It's already a seed that's been laying inside of us. When you come into the land. I just love this and I have to close now. But let me show you what happened in Tacoma 70 years ago. This very year. Over 5,000 people attended. Three services on a weekend. Brother Branham's speaking there in Tacoma. This is right down near where we were in Renton over the weekend. Notice the cots and the stretchers and the things up front. They wanted to get as close as they could to the Word of God. Under that waving of, of just healing, under a first pull, second pull. It was, not, it was just 1948. I, I would say, God help us. Now they almost fight for the back seat. And yet they say they have an opening of the third pool. And I pray, God, bring your word so strong among us. We're the waving of the people. People so desperate. They want order in their lives. They want to rise up to that place where God can anoint them for the spoken word. Not just the preacher, the pastor. But it's me, O Lord. You know the old time song. Not my father nor my mother, but it's me, O Lord. Not my brother nor my sister. Not the deacon or the trustee, but it's me, O Lord. God, give our church more of that. That ardent, that something, the leaning forward. The coming early. Here it was. The the healer was on the scene. The wigged one, the word was there. William Branham was not the divine healer. Jesus Christ is the healer. But he flows through vessels that he has ordained to manifest his power. And that happens to be you and me. It's been waved over us. God now over these last 50 years has confidence in a people. You've come to maturity. Now he went all the way to South Africa. Blind men received his sight. The ambulances and things that came. The, the crippled that came out of there. Brother Branham that prayed for prayer claws and napkins and the wheelchairs and the stretchers and all the crippled. Today it's more unseen. It's spiritual needs, spiritual afflictions. I'll say just what a prophet said. Arise and be healed. It's been waved over us. The word to see it in the action. Let's stand to our feet tonight. God help us to stand like Joshua and Caleb. Let us stand like Joshua and Caleb. Joshua, meaning Jehovah Savior, represents the promised land leader to take the church over. Caleb represents the true believer who stayed with Joshua. God, keep us true. As we close this meeting, God, keep us true. Stand upright. If Satan can get you over, he's got you. 
then he'll come in for those vital areas and sensitive spots and you have nothing to fight it off. But God has given us a word and a message. Let us stand like Joshua and Caleb as we bow our heads tonight. I say, Lord, give us that spirit and character of those men. Give us the wisdom and the endurance they had. Oh, as we just meditate on this before we go, I, I say, Caleb, where are you tonight? Where is that in your heart to stay true to the Word and every Word of God? Watch the passion in their families. Watch how the token was passed on to their children. I just love that. Their daughters and their sons, they loved it. Where's the city? Where's the mountain? That was in our lineage. That was under our message. I, I, we're looking for that cry even amongst our children and our young people. Not just the Caleb and the Joshua group, but now our families to say, give me that mountain. Take away that mountain of lust, that mountain of trouble, that mountain of things in my mind. It's got to come down. Where is that anointing now that the word being waved over us can speak out there? To see how closely they stayed with that prophet Moses' message that was given from God and God vindicated their lives. I say, God, come down now, Lord. Move secretly and privately through the congregation and allow the Holy Spirit to breathe life into us, Lord. Maybe that's your desire tonight. You just like to lift your hand and say, God, breathe that same life in me as your bride. Breathe it now into my mortal body. We are not borderline believers. That's not our promise, Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe, to stay behind. You are anointed to cross over, brother. And that's a personal thing. You've got to fight through all that unbelief and die out to Jordan waters and come out on the other side and say, where's my wells? Where's the food and the, that I can raise my families in? And start moving toward that. Maybe some need to drive down a stake tonight and say, God, make me more ardent for that, Jesus. We're not going back to Egypt. We're not going to die in the wilderness. We're not going to come out and fall now and fail to go into. We're not going to compromise and get stale. I pray, Jesus, if there's any lifeless part of the body, cold and lifeless, that you would now move them, the warmth of the Holy Spirit, into their promised land, Jesus. Take us over, Lord, my soul, my spirit, and my body. I pray even now the Lord would sweep through this building in a healing with His wings. I know of some in our church this week have already been to the doctor and have certain conditions. They've come to the service with a question in their mind about their employment and work and what they ought to do. There's immigration issues right in our own church. Friends, it's not just our own needs. It's the body now. It's as we close meetings like this and as we heard Sunday and as been hearing lately that we can say, God, let my heart be on fire and be in oneness now. Hallelujah, Lord. I've heard a message been waved over me. It creates a certain kind of nature and fabric in the people. And I deny anything that would be casual. I move away from that. 
if that's the way that another person feels to go. But that Joshua anointing said, but as for me and my house, this is the way we're going with the Lord. And that's where it comes down to the line, friends, where there's many times, even amongst family and even close friends, where you've got to say, no, God is leading you to do, go in this certain direction. You be sensitive to that. In this final prayer, who would say, God, I've been waved over. It's been waved over me from a prophet and now through the fivefold ministry. Now... Under the strength of this season, I rise up and I take it. It's maturity calling me. God bless you. God bless you. You say, Lord, uh, uh, the herd is coming around now. This lion, this enemy, this spirit has tried to destroy me. But I'm claiming strength tonight. I'm claiming healing. I'm getting up from here. I'm, I'm gasping for air, but I'm getting up from here. I'm kicking off this enemy. Satan, you cannot have me no longer. My family, give us a fighting spirit. Give our families that kind of a, an anointing that they can be raised up under. That'll, our daughters will say, I want, I want some springs. I want something that's got some life to it. That was Caleb's daughter. She got her inheritance and she came back and said, I want some springs. I want a prayer life myself, Daddy. She's already married and everything. She just, give me my land. And Othinio came out there and took a city. In other words, that's his son-in-laws and that's his family. It was a strain. I'm not talking natural, spiritually. I say, God, make me like that. Make me like that, Jesus. Heavenly Father, just in humility, we lift our hands. We believe this message has come is for us, Lord. Malachi 4. The S-O-N has risen. This is our day. This is our time. We're your family. You love your children. You love your sons. You love your daughters. You, you love, Lord, to see us yield and submit Jesus and just say, God, take my life. Take my future. Oh, Jesus, resurrect Caleb's among us. Speak to the Joshua's, the leaders that should be among us and should be rising to their places but are somehow lagging behind under some complex, some spirit dragging them down. I pray the Word would set them free more and more as we approach You, Lord. Hone us in, Jesus. Maybe some don't understand. Maybe some are misunderstanding. But I pray Your Holy Spirit would deal kindly with all of us, Lord. Let us take it home with us. Let it be the heart beat and the heart throb of all of our gatherings, of our fellowship, of our meetings. Jesus, be Lord of all. Be Lord of all, Jesus. Be Lord of all, Jesus. Be Lord of all, God. Give comfort. Give health. Give happiness. Give joy and peace. May the fruits of the Spirit Grow among us and mature out in every single situation. Beautiful for situation. Anoint us now for service. As we leave this little meeting, let the dew drops just fall. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. 
I feel the pull. I hear the call. Yes, Jesus. And I know your spirit is moving me in my Sunday's just one service, one meeting, and I believe Friday night there's a BCA event. You can get information on the board if you'd like to be a part of that or come. Let's be in prayer for one another. God bless you. Remember one another. Just shake hands, and you're dismissed tonight. God bless you.